I studied lots of nonfiction texts about activists and all of those texts talked about how change-making comes from having experienced some sort of profound turning point where people become invested in a certain topic or idea or cause. And I thought, what a great way of having students bring their own experience and interests to the written page. Welcome to How to Have Kids Love Learning, where we explore ideas and strategies for parents and educators that help students thrive. I'm your host, Ed Madison. I'm a professor and researcher at the University of Oregon and serve as executive director of the Journalistic Learning Initiative, a nonprofit organization that empowers middle and high school students to discover their voice, improve academic outcomes, and become self-directed learners through project-based storytelling. Teaching students to become effective communicators is at the heart of JLI's work. Well, I'm pleased to welcome today's guest, Jessica Early, an English professor at Arizona State University. She's also the director of the Central Arizona Writing Project at ASU and a former high school English teacher. Uh, her research looks at writing practices in middle and high school English classrooms, and her latest book, Next Generation Genres, offers educators an alternative framework for writing instruction, one that acknowledges the current media landscape and offers compelling genres of writing, like op-eds, profiles, and podcasts that are relevant to students. Welcome. So glad to Thank have you. Thank you. Yeah. So first, I want to start off by just asking you, um, you know, what you think is lacking in the way writing is taught uh, today? Um, I mean, Great I know it seems like we're still, still somewhat stuck in the five paragraphs graph, uh, essay uh, mode of writing, but what, what do you think is lacking? Um, well, that, that names the first thing that comes to my mind as well. The main thing that students learn in K through 12 classrooms is how to write a five paragraph essay. And as we all know, as writers in the world, which most all of us are, no matter what careers we have um, or life pathways we take, we write. And we rarely write five paragraph essays in our jobs and in civic life and, um, and even in the academy. Um, so one of the things I think it's really important is to give students opportunities to write the kinds of texts that they're going to experience out in the world. Um, and to see that writing isn't a formula. Um, there are formulas and patterns that can help us learn to write, but that it's not helpful to do them again and again, year after year. And that we can open up the writing curriculum to all different genres, to real audiences and purposes, and to use all sorts of digital and multimodal forms that allow students to actually bring their expertise and interests and skills to play as writers. Mm -hmm. I think we've also seen, I mean, uh, you know, so first of all, we had with No Child Left Behind, um, you know, a, a greater degree of emphasis on high stakes testing, but also um, mm -hmm. just because of the sheer volume of uh, material that comes through, um, either having, um, 
graduate students sort of, you know, re- review that stuff or even, you know, robots, <laughs> you know, looking for, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> and so we've kind of, in a many ways, sort of de-emphasize writing. Uh, and we shouldn't be surprised given how young people are texting and aren't getting a lot of practice around even capitalization and punctuation and things like mm-hmm. that, that writing is, is so uh, troublesome, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, the uh, you know, one of the things that research shows is that teachers, for, for the most part, are rarely trained to teach writing mm-hmm. in their um, te- in their programs. Um, there's usually one class focused on teaching reading and writing and write, writing's hard and teaching writing is hard. Um, and one of the reasons what the, the work I do in my own research program and in creating books like Next Generation Genres is trying to make visible ways of teaching writing that are research-based, but that open up the curriculum to think about um, genres that apply across disciplines and across purposes and audiences. Um, And when I went into teaching years ago in Portland, Oregon, I was introduced to teaching writing um, using modes like narrative, expository, creative, argumentative. And the way writing works in the world is not um, we, we modes are too big of a, a an umbrella to, to put the teaching of writing into. So you can write a narrative that's also an argument, if that makes sense. The thing that genre does is that it allows us to think about the social purpose of writing, the audience, the context, and then the repeated patterns or elements that are sort of expected in a kind of writing. So, um, and and one of the things that's really interesting about students today is they're writing all the time, like you said, in text messages, online, in video games. Um, so they're they're really experienced with specific kinds of genres and audiences. But then when it comes to unfamiliar genres, they they have very little experience, and they need um, a window into understanding what the expectations are. So what are some of the strategies that you uh, suggest in the book? So each of my chapters focuses on a different genre. And the goal of the book is, one, to show teachers these specific genres like the public service announcement, infographics, op-ed letters, proposals, different genres that kind of cross all purposes um, and include digital media and tools. Um, But most importantly, I want to introduce to teachers this framework for thinking about how writing works in the world so that they can pick any genre that they're interested in teaching and look at what is the purpose of this kind of writing, who's the audience, how is this writing used in the world, and what are some of the what are the key expectations in that written genre form that I need to teach my students so that they can be successful. So it doesn't even have to be every single thing, but it can be four or five mini lessons that are strategy based where they can understand, oh, if I'm writing an email, that's a professional email, I need to have a subject heading and I need to have a clear um, greeting that's formal and not too informal. And I need to have a signature, things like that, that are the genre expectations that we use in our lives um, 
like in my work life, 97% of my work is on email. So I'm doing this all the time. But my students, if I'm teaching ninth grade, are not using email in that way. Mm -hmm. It would need help understanding. Yeah. And I know that um, maybe a decade ago when the Common Core uh, standards came out um, and asked for this shift in emphasis for, you know, from, um, you know, uh, literature to nonfiction, I think that it, it actually prescribed that by 12th grade, like maybe some 80% of the text that students are engaging with should be nonfiction. And for English teachers who, you know, became English teachers because of their love of literature, they kind of didn't know what to do with that, you know. Um, and it was at the same time that we, with our journalistic learning initiative, stepped forward and said, well, you know, we all hopefully, you know, to stay abreast of what's happening in the world through journalism, it's a perfect, it's a perfect, perfectly aligned with, um, you know, aligned with what the standards are asking for. And as you say, I mean, you know, as adults, um, young people who emerge as professionals or in whatever they might choose to do, they're going to be writing proposals, they're going to be, um, you know, uh, just doing more nonfiction writing, you know. Um, so have you, I mean, do you find just having been an English teacher yourself, um, uh, still a little bit of resistance around this, you know, just um, uh, introducing these genres or? No, when, I, when I'm working with teachers and um, I'm, I run the National Writing Project site here in Arizona, the Central Arizona Writing Project, and I work with teachers and do professional development um, in the teaching of writing. And they are so excited to, to think about opening up the writing curriculum to all different genres, to using nonfiction kinds of genres. I, actually, I, I agree with you that the Common Core really shifted the focus to nonfiction. It also pushed narrative forms of writing out of the curriculum. So a lot of teachers ended up doing more five paragraph, more argumentative writing, but um, kind of old prescriptive forms of it, like pick a topic and choose different sides and do a compare and contrast essay. Um, and there's so many exciting ways that you can write nonfiction, as you know, as a journalist um, or scholar of journalism, that, that students can get really invested in sharing their ideas through infographics or public service announcements. Um, I also think it's really important, even with this shift in the Common Core to nonfiction texts, nonfiction reading and writing, um, one of the things that I argue for in my work is that students and also nonfiction writers do this. You can still bring in narrative and personal um, things to nonfiction writing and I think it's really important for, for teachers not to completely push those genres out and to give students opportunities to write from their personal experience and from their interests. Um, and you can do that across genre, whether mm -hmm. it's narrative or nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Say a little bit more about the turning point essay um, as a genre. So that's a perfect segue into kind of what we're talking about. I start the book with the turning point genre, and this is something um, that stems from my own work as a teacher in high school classrooms and um, from previous research, uh, working with students to teach the college admission essay and studying successful college admission 
admission essays and how most of them within those essays, there's a, a description of a turning point in people's lives. And I started looking in literature and um, all different kinds of writing, looking at turning points and got interested in this idea of having students write a turning point essay, either as sort of a micro essay or as an essay they could then use for scholarships or for college admissions. Um, but a turning point essay is, is a essay coming from your own experience, it's narrative, and um, it describes a time in your life where you were profoundly changed. Either your mind was changed or your values were changed. Um, and one of the things that in my first book, Stirring Up Justice, I um, write about a curriculum I created for teaching activism in the high school English classroom. And I studied lots of nonfiction texts about activists. And all of those texts talked about um, how change making comes from having experienced some sort of profound turning point where people become invested in a certain topic or idea or cause. Mm -hmm. And I thought what a great way of having students bring their own experience and interests to the written page mm -hmm. um, through a narrative and a particular kind of narrative. Yeah. I think one of the phrases you use, use in the book is uh, bring their whole selves to the page um, in terms of tapping their interest. Um, you know, I, I, and I, I think we find that in our, our work too, the, the, the sort of relevancy of, of writing about, um, you know, topics that are uh, aligned with their lived experiences makes such a difference for students, um, you know, in terms of engagement. Yeah. I was just reading an essay this morning by one of my favorite nonfiction writers, Mitch Jackson, and he has a piece in Esquire magazine about um, baseball mm -hmm. and how there are very, very few black players in base in the um, National League. And he starts the piece with his own story growing up, going to Little League in Portland, Oregon. And um, and, you know, that's an example of a nonfiction piece that I would use as an example for a turning point essay um, with students. Mm -hmm. Now, the um, the NCTE um, recently came out with a, a statement. I was in maybe the last maybe six or seven months ago around the importance of media and education and, and, and getting beyond just um, you know, uh, writing as a, you know, for English teachers. And I think that's been, that's, you know, again, another sort of underscoring, but also emphasizing the importance of civics, which you talk about as well, um, because we know that, um, you know, civics education has kind of taken a backseat to, to the things that we test and we don't <laughs> seem to test for civics. So um, yeah. say a little bit more about that, just in terms of, of, of the, the civic engagement piece. So two things. One, every chapter of my book gives teachers really hands-on specific ways of embedding digital tools into the teaching of the genres that I'm introducing so that they know how they can invite students to use those. And um, also to sort of expand the notion of what counts as writing in the teaching of writing, um, that it can be completely online, it can be visual, it can be multimodal. Um, and then the other is that all, almost all of the genres that I 
talk about in the book are um, genres that work to impact change or teach or communicate with community out in the world beyond the classroom. And that's kind of what I mean by civics, by being engaged, taking your ideas and moving them forward to reach others. And in order to do that, you have to understand issues and, and do research and engage um, with more than four walls and a classroom. So um, like the public service announcement, thinking about issues that, that students want to have an impact in changing and a voice in making um, and moving issues forward. Um, so I think that's that's the the work of the the book is to think about kind of expanding the English language arts, the writing curriculum so that students are writing for the world they are a part of and that they're going to join in different ways when they graduate from high school or enter college. What do you make of um you know, just the the um, rattling that we we continue to hear about um, conservative groups that are you know, second guessing teachers uh, and um, questioning, uh, you know, just subject matter and and quite frankly, maybe you know the word advocacy is something that they don't think belongs in public school. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, you're in a red state, so I'm just curious what you, Very good. Yeah. <laughs> what you make about that and so, also teachers and how teachers navigate that because, um, you know, yeah, I actually, am putting together a panel for NCT in the fall focused on this, like coming from a red state, working with teachers who are dealing with book bans, who are dealing with, um, school boards that are. Uh, overlooking their curriculum and making choices for them and thinking about, you know, my book and what it's trying to do and how, how it, it would be received in certain districts in my state. Um, and the thing I want to focus on with teachers and what they are doing to get, uh, to close the door and do the good work that they want to do is to really focus on talking about the skills, the research, the audiences, the purpose, like what, the work is that they're doing, um, maybe not using the word advocacy, even though the work is um, making change. It's taking on a topic that students are interested in, that they care about. It's learning about it through research. It's using sources and um, it's sending it to a real audience and seeing what happens. Um, I think teachers are doing incredible work and um, they're sticking to their guns in these spaces, but they're also having to kind of be careful around rhetoric and how they use, you know, how they use language to talk about what they're doing. And I think really focusing on um, the skills and the strategies and the approaches that they're using is helping them get texts into the classroom. Yeah whether it's written text. Yeah, thank you, Jessica Early. Um, the book, again, is Next Generation Genres. And uh, how do folks find you on uh, on the web? Um, in addition to, obviously, the books available, Amazon and other places. But uh, you can find me um, at Arizona State University. And my email address is there. I'm in the English department. And 
I look forward to anybody reaching out. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. How to Have Kids Love Learning is produced by the Journalistic Learning Initiative. For more information about our work, please visit journalisticlearning.com.